Hey y'all, we are Back to the Basket, a weekly NBA podcast where we discuss and dissect the best league in the entire galactic universe. I'm your host, Hodge, and with me, like every week, it's Kevin, aka Lil Kev. It's good. Hello, world. And it's Richard, aka Richie Rich. Who charged me for this candle? <laughs> I'm glad you started off with a joke. Yeah. Thank you for listening, by the way, whoever's tuning in. You could be anywhere, but you're here with us. Thank you. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do all those good things because it really helps us in the long run. It really helps us do what we do. So let's get right into it. I think our first segment is Entry Pass. Yep. For those of you who have uh, never tuned in to Back to the Basket before, Entry Pass is where I set the table with the latest and greatest in terms of news in the NBA, mostly injury reports and front office moves. So we'll just jump right into it with a couple of uh, mostly leg injuries this week, unfortunately. The first one was actually quite graphic. Um, I personally didn't watch it. It was a little too much for me. But Yusuf Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers, the fourth seed in the Western Conference, suffered a left leg injury uh, earlier this week, and it was diagnosed as a... uh, two fractures in the tibia and fibia and so he'll be out of course for the remainder of the season however uh how this affects their chances i know kevin you've been suggesting quite adamantly that he's a he's quite a good second or third option for them uh going into the playoffs so so what does this do for their chances oh i I think it's definitely detrimental to their chances um you know they they've been on such a tear uh, using uh, the pick and roll with Lillard and, and Nurkic all season. I think that they're the highest pick and roll duo of the year. Um, they, they use that move more. In, ter- in terms of usage or efficiency? In terms of uh, usage. Uh, like they, they've used that pick and roll uh, more as a combination than any other players have okay. pick and rolled in, 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 the, in the league so far. So it's, it's definitely something they're going to miss. Um, Cantor is just not... The same as Nurkic, especially with Nurkic just, you know, becoming a beast this this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been putting up monster stat lines. So I, I, you know, from everyone here on the pod, you know, wish him a speedy recovery. But it's definitely going to be a huge blow to to Portland. Biggest question for me is who's the next man up? It's not Canner like he indicated. Yeah. So who's the next man up then? Zach Collins, or it's too is it going to be? Yeah, so, I mean, they don't really have a lot of options there. Defensively, especially, because he was actually really good this year. He was. He's become more mobile. Um, he was kind of a little slow as a defender before, but, uh, he, you know, credit to him. He put in a lot of work this offseason, slimmed down, became a much more mobile big, and that, that you know, showed in his game. Yeah, those pick-and-roll options are really important for what Portland does because mm-hmm. he sets that screen and then he can roll or, or he can pop with that shot too now. So And then he especially passes out of the post too. Right. Yeah, so, he's developed a, so much of, of the action runs through him that I think that's what's going to be missed the most. I mean, right. all, all the other things, maybe T.J. McCollum can step up, but I feel like it's going to be another one of those repeat playoffs like last year where it's two guards against everybody else. Yeah, I'm. For me, my question is, and it'll be interesting to observe um, in their last few games, and then once they actually do have time to game plan for whoever their potential matchup is, is what sort of identity they uh, create for themselves with this lack of size, right? Because that's always a um, an interesting transformation in the postseason. Um, notably, like we saw a, 
a Cleveland team, you know, maybe two or three years ago, go from a very fast-paced offensive team to like a, a lockdown half-court team. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they transform. You know, that's a very interesting point because the identity of this team is kind of not there anymore once you remove Nurkic. Mm-hmm. And that's, to harp on your point, I think it's much more about who you face in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And as the standings go, they're going to face Utah, who's on a roll right now. They won like nine of the last ten games. So you're catching a team who's on a run Maybe you'll have trouble in the playoffs mm-hmm. because Utah is a good defensive team that's going to game plan against you. Yes. And I don't think you're going to come out of that round looking good. Just like last year with the Pelicans, when they game plan against this team and Nurkic is not a weapon anymore, they're in trouble, man. Yeah, that's actually interesting because I think I think Utah has the tools to be even more of a lockdown team on Portland than what we saw from the Pelicans last year. So it's not... Uh, it's not looking bright on the well, Let's also hope that. that CJ comes back fully healthy because they're going to need him more than anything oh, now. Absolutely. All right. So next on the on the list here is uh, not really pressing in terms of the postseason. Um, certainly, uh, Devin Booker hopes to do that one day. But uh, DeAndre Ayton suffered a uh, left ankle sprain uh, earlier this week as well. Um, it doesn't really move the needle in terms of standings for them. Maybe it affects their lottery chances. But it, again, you hate to see, especially bigs in this league, you hate to see them injured, uh, especially um, towards the end of the season going into their sophomore year. I mean, we wish them luck, but this doesn't affect anything in, in the longer run, maybe. Hopefully it doesn't because the Suns have to hold on to everything they have at this point. Hashtag trying for Zion. Oh, there you go. Don't tell Booker that. Uh, yeah, and then th- this is a just a fairly quick one. We won't really move on into it too much, but Paul George has been listed as a game-time decision for the f- past few days. The only reason I'm mentioning it is because um, OKC has like fluctuated very much in the standings in the West, which we'll go into later. Um, I think I believe they're still currently sitting at 8th. 8th, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're tied with San Antonio. Yeah, it, I think... Um, I believe uh, the stratification is a little bit more set, so they don't have a chance of like falling out of the eighth seed. But it really will affect their where they who their matchup is. That's why I think they're playing Paul George, even if he's questionable. I right. mean, especially he needs to he needs to rest that shoulder, like we mentioned in the last episode. Yeah, he's they like fairly taped up. I I saw I watched the, his performance afterwards, but it's cool looking tape. Like really, you said really last cool time. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, since the All Star break, he's shooting forty percent from the field, which is really bad um, overall. From the field, yes, yeah. not true shooting percentage. Safe to say, he's not in the MVP race any longer. Uh, no, but he's he's still in the Defensive Player of the Year race, leading the league in deflections, and still carrying a very very, you know, good defensive OKC team yeah. on that end of the floor. Uh, his shot hasn't been as as smooth since before the All Star break, but. Um, Paul George is still a key piece of that team, and they do not want to be the eighth seed going up against Golden State in the first round. Yeah. You know, we saw the backlash when they got eliminated in the first round last year, right? So, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if this team gets eliminated because, honestly, watching their games without Paul George, it's a painful, painful experience because you don't know where the offense is coming from. And Russell Westbrook takes a lot of those jumpers, man. And they don't go in a lot, as no. we know historically. Yeah. So my point is, if you remove Paul George from this season at this point, they, you know, they plummet in those standings. They lose a lot of games, even against that Indiana win. They were down heavy in the first half, and they had to make a comeback to win. So, and Paul George was a pivotal part in that comeback. Oh yeah. So you can understand why this team is like throwing him out there, like, hey, you got to go get us minutes. We can't rest you today. He still leads. Uh, he's still number two in the NBA in points per game. 
albeit by a large margin, from first place uh, oh, James Harden. Oh my God! Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he still has that on everybody. All right. Um, this one is a, a little bit more interesting. It's uh, Laurie Markkinen of the Chicago Bulls. Um, he's been shut down for the remainder of the season. We're sort of, for those of you not familiar with the ins and outs of the NBA, um, we're sort of approaching that time of year where teams will shut down assets just to preserve their health. And, and really, if they're out of the race, you just want to start looking forward to the exit interviews and into next year. Um, this one is a little bit concerning because Laurie Markkinen has been shut down for a situation involving an irregular heartbeat when they were facing the Toronto Raptors. Um, the only reason that I that I can see is that it, it relates to sort of uh, a, an arrhythmic sort of heartbeat similar to what LaMarcus Aldridge has for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. I, I don't think it will proceed into anything like career ending or anything. Obviously, me not being a medical professional. But it it's just going... A little concerning going forward because he is their primary asset aside from Chris Dunn, who is also out. Uh, I, I wouldn't call Chris Dunn a primary asset. I mean, he's secondary at best. Oh, to Levine, yes, of course. Uh, also, Wendell Carter is, is out. So uh, for Bowles, this is just a like, let's just shut down everybody and look forward to the next season because yeah. I think the development that Boylan has done so far has been kind of okay. Like, in the beginning, when he when he first got hired, we were questioning everything Yeah, we were laughing. The AAU, the AAU Bulls, as we call them. Exactly. The, the Thibodeau blueprint. You know, we were like, this is not going to work in the NBA. But so far, people, his players have supported him, mm-hmm. and Levine paid his fine as well. So it goes to show you that this team believes in this coach. So why not just look forward to the next season? Why care about anything? Because you're trying for Zion, like Kevin said. Earlier. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good uh, tagline. And uh, Kevin, I know, I know you have a, a, a sort of off the beat update for us re- revolving the uh, New York Knicks. If you just want to jump into that very fairly quickly. Oh yes, uh, this one. Um, weird uh, allegations uh, have been uh, surfaced against. Dallas Mavericks forward, uh, Kristaps Porzingis. Um, some rape allegations. Uh, apparently, um, what had happened was, you know, this this was has been ongoing for the past year or so, even much prior to this trade uh, that occurred with the Knicks and the, the Mavs. Uh, apparently, Kristaps Porzingis was involved in a um, an altercation with... Uh, with, with a woman uh, on the night that he tore his ACL, okay. um, which is weird to me. But uh, according to some of the reports, uh, there were a lot of drinks had by uh, Giannis Porzingis and Kristaps. His agent night. and brother. Agent and brother. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they've had a lot of drinks and then apparently uh, a woman had come over and uh, she claims that Kristaps Porzingis has raped her. And um, apparently she was asking $68,000 for just her silence and all this, and it uh, didn't really happen. And uh, <clears throat> apparently the Mavs were told ahead of ahead of time. And uh, I, b- I believe the, the head time. office also in New York knew, knew about this. Incident right, right. Well. Cause, and right now the, the New York Police Department is, is kind of probing on this case, which is why it's kind of surfaced at, at this time okay so because it's just allegations and we don't know what's actually the the, the truth behind this this that's this is all we know and so what we're going to leave it at um but it is something interesting to note in the 
the world of NBA news today. Great. And then the, the last piece of news I have before we move on into the juicy standings updates. Um, Indiana Pacers, uh, former MIP and uh, all-around backbone of the team, even though they're doing quite well for themselves, uh, Victor Oladipo was seen walking without a boot recently. Yes. And I know you're a, you're a big uh, fan of uh, Oladipo and the Pacers in in sort of their rise. So Absolutely. yeah, how do you feel about McMillan this? as well. Now I'm I'm very happy to see him because apparently he's a full month ahead in his recovery of even walking without a boot and okay. things like that. So his injury was very bad. It was a ruptured quadriceps, and just to be eight weeks away and already walking, you know, it's. You know, without any assistance, that that's insane. Fantastic. Like, I wonder what kind of uh, technology in Wakanda they were using. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, so now I now I think we're just gonna dive straight into our standings updates because, uh, as I said, there's only a few more games left in the regular season, and teams we know who they are for the most part, and now it's just a matter of comparing what the potential matchups are. There's been a little bit of movement in the East, a little bit of movement in the West, and we're just going to do a quick update in terms of uh, any matchups that may have been different from last week. I mean, it changes so much that I feel like when I'm done talking about it, somebody's going to take over the, the sixth seed or the fifth seed or whatever it is. I feel like the East is much more convoluted than, than the West. Really? Uh, mainly because uh, these teams are not really good. In the West, you can tell that they're good, and they're jockeying for that. We might we might see a first-round upset in, in the West, too. It could happen. But in the East, I don't think Miami or Charlotte or, or Detroit is going to upset any of the top seeds, in my opinion, anyway, because we know East is stacked up top. Mm-hmm. So the difference between the, the the number one seed in the West and the number eight seed in the West is seven point five games. The difference between the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks in the East and the number now four seed, uh, sorry, the the three seed Philadelphia Seventy Sixers is eight games. So the difference between the first and the three seed is larger than than that yeah. of the whole Western Conference. So it's still you know with six games to go, anything could happen. Okay. So we're looking at Miami in the 8th spot yeah. in the East right now with a 500 record of 38 and 38. And then you have Brooklyn 39 and 38 beating the Celtics last night. Uh Detroit at 39 and 37, they beat uh they won their game last night as well. So you have Indiana and Boston tied for that 4th and 5th. I don't know who has a tiebreaker. I can't tell you that off the top of my head, but I'm guessing <laughs> if that's a series then it, it's going to be a close one. The tiebreaker is um after the record, I believe it's division. Oh, man. No, NBA's still doing that. Huh? Yeah. Division, That's uh, what I was going to say. Miami is playing in the stinky division. And Boston has one up on the division record. So they get the home court. If the, the records stay tied. So I think they face each other again uh, with one game left to play at the, the end of the season. So it's probably going to come down, down to that game. I mean that's a better that's a better look for the league of like teams actually playing a meaningful last game than the sort of like. You know, even though it was special, sort of the like Kobe show that we've had in the past. Oh, we, also, we've had some meaningful last games, I believe. A couple like last last year, or was it two years ago when the Raptors eliminated Miami on uh, the go. last game for uh, no reason whatsoever? But <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's still meaningful to the, those teams that got eliminated. Yeah. Hey, let's hope that doesn't happen to Miami this year again because it might. One Orlando, last dance, huh? Yeah, Orlando is right there. Oh, this is in. exciting! Yeah, I've, they, I've been sort of. Not 
I have no vested interest in the Orlando Magic, but you know it's it's interesting you mean seeing Jeff Weltman. Didn't <laughs> you? I mean, I mean, yes, but there's they're sort of sneaking into the playoffs has been fascinating to me. Do you guys think that there's like we can do a quick like yeah? Do you think there's smoke behind there or is this like? No, I mean I don't know. I really can't figure this team out. Anyway, some nights they will look convincing, other nights they're not. I feel like we've done this all season with Orlando. We've talked about them a little bit, I think. And as far as I go, Vucevic has a good night. Maybe they win. Terrence Ross goes off one night. They look good. They got Evan Fournier. They got Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. Nobody excites me on this team though. No, no, I, I think just the don't get any excitement. Talent on the team is better than Miami's though. Whoa! And for that alone, I think take. they're gonna make the eighth seed. Miami's like well coached though, right? Yeah. I mean, is Spolstra gonna get buckets? I mean, he, he, you can you see him? He like walks halfway onto the court on some oh, yeah. plays. <laughs> So Spolster let's let's give a let's, let's give a little respect to Charlotte, who's at thirty five and forty, and they had a crazy game winner in Toronto the other night, mm-hmm. but, which you know, kept their season alive a little bit. So maybe they they're looking to sneak in. They're not officially eliminated yet, but I don't think it's going to happen. Going zero for twenty eight against LeBron in their past uh, two years. Is, That's a crazy. I you know. I know you've been you've been trying to you've been trying to angle for this topic for a while, Wahaj, but uh, Kemba is up for supermax, is he not? Uh, yeah, he is, and Michael likes That's him. That's if he makes an All NBA team. Yeah, isn't that right? Yes, but either Will way, he's he still make getting an All NBA team. <sighs> Look, I, I don't think he's going to make. Uh, the qualifiers for a super max, but he will make a max. But the, yeah, but the, like because this is an important question, right? Because he's he really is that team. Bradley right? Beal and Kemba are on the verge of those two things, and I think Bradley Beal is more close is closer to a super max than Kemba would be. I I just can't figure it out. I think. For Charlotte, you have to pay the guy, whether he makes the team or not. You think he stays? Michael really likes him. And he is like, he was sad when the rumors floated that they were going to trade him, right? Like he, you know, I, I there are a lot of what players. What happened to the front office talking to Kemba saying, hey, we're going to take offers for you. If we, if we trade you, we do. If we don't, we, you know, we don't. At least we did our diligence to take those offers. But Charlotte has nobody else. Second option is what? Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. The best thing he ever did was hit that game winner. It was a nice game winner. Yeah, it was pretty The craziest good. thing I ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, when you look at it, if you trade Kemba, who do you have on your roster? Who can you replace Kemba with? Nobody wants to stay in Charlotte. Nobody wants to come to Charlotte. It's just one of those markets where you have to just live with it. You have to live with paying the guy maybe $50 million in his last year. That's true. And that's going to be an insane contract. Because we all know short guards... They don't have a long lifespan. They they really don't. Yeah, the window is closing. Yes. After that, that thirty, Max contract doesn't look so good. Even if you do no, to... no, I feel like it's going to be one of those Isaiah Thomas situations. Like if Kemba hurts himself, knock on wood. I hope he doesn't because I enjoy watching him play. It's not going to be a good, graceful decline. So they're going to give him one of those Chris Paul type contracts, eh? The John Wall type contracts. I mean, it's going to be even more money because of what he's eligible for now, with probably uh, making an All NBA team. Do you think so? I again, we've already talked about this. I don't know who it's going to be, but if it is him, I think that contract is going to be just super awful in the long run. Super I, awful. I still think there's six guards ahead of him, at least. I mean, yeah, it's a toss-up. I think so. I'll be but already... he's played in, insane this year. Like, not he... not discrediting that. He's been a, an absolute tear this year. But I, I just so can't sure. make up my mind as Steph to what Hardy. it's going to be. Um, Russell Beal. Second team? Bill is sort of peaked at the right time for it, so I'm going to say yes. 
I'm I'm pretty. I feel like feel. Well, and then Kyrie, and Dame. Sorry, what am I? What am I saying? Dame and Kyrie, and then third team is probably Beal and. I'm not too sure about Kyrie. I wouldn't put him in there. You think, is that just me? You think Kemba's ahead of Kyrie? If I'm a media person, I'm not voting yeah, for Kyrie. Kyrie but I'm very, yeah, I'm but not, I'm very I'm biased sure about, about my own criteria. So. I would also have to look how many games Kyrie missed because I feel like he's missed a bunch of games. It's season. true. Can we discredit like 50% of games too because neither of them play defense? <laughs> Kyrie's been okay this year. There should right? be two separate. <laughs> <laughs> Get Rachel Nichols. <laughs> All right, so I think we can talk a little bit about the West now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm down. We, we talked about how Thunder was in the eighth spot with San Antonio Spurs. Insane. That's wow. so interesting to me that they're clinging down there. Uh, Spurs are clinging well, on. Well, they've clinched. Man. At least they've clinched right now. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers are in the sixth spot with 46 and 31, uh, proving the all hold the naysayers wrong. Yeah, let's just pause right there. The Clippers are in the sixth seed with 15 games above... 500? What's going on? Like, how Jerry West do is this? going on. A lot of it is going on. You, you laid out a path, uh, Kevin, for the potential of the Clippers to be to being like at least the third or fourth seed. That's right. right. So, so what you know for our listeners there, what what exactly would that path be like in a in Jerry West's perfect world? Like, what what goes right for them? That path is they have a they have five games remaining. A lot against tough competition. One against the Lakers. Um, they <laughs> just gonna leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> just let that sink in. Well, LeBron's not playing, so it should be an easy. Matchup. Yes, he has been shut down for this season. Yes. Just gonna throw that out there. I mean, even if he was, it's a but... tiny little detail that we didn't want to. We didn't want to focus on it too much. Yeah. We just want to pepper we, it. We've, in. we've given him enough airtime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they, they need... the only airtime he's getting is on his air balls, free throw air balls. So yeah, he can hang out on an air mattress. He won't be on the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I enjoy some wine too, man. Yeah. So, so give me this pass. Pre-game and post-game. So they the have uh, games against Memphis, Houston, Lakers, Golden State, and Utah remaining. It's a tough schedule. It is. But if they do win all those games, and the teams ahead of them, uh, namely the Portland Trailblazers without Nurkic and uh, McCollum, let's say they drop a few games. Uh, they are only two and a half games ahead of the Clippers right now, so potentially they could take over the fourth seed and even the f- third seed if they win that Houston Rockets game and Houston goes on a slide against another team. Which doesn't seem likely, but it could happen. It could. It's that's that's insane to me that a that a team that traded Toby and Bobby to like clear room for a for a, a star that they think they needed is playing this well without one. Kobe, is that like the seven foot seven four Kobe that we, that we keep? Yeah, yeah, the the, the three point specialist. <laughs> the three, the, he has so much more uh, three point shots made than Ben Simmons. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a Ben Simmons shooting joke in every episode. It's mandatory for us to make that joke. Who's rookie of the year this year? <laughs> Trey Young, Luca, or Ben Simmons? Luca. It's uh, it's certainly not DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, is that uh, a too soon? Okay. No. It's, um, hey, <laughs> gotta lay into in, into Phoenix while we can. <laughs> <laughs> we lay into Phoenix all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, the, does, so so does Starver. <laughs> yeah, because the Kings are the Kings so are the up and up. So do the so do those goats. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just they laying it in. Man. They, they just, they just shit the bed like the that, team. That's a what's a weird Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Fame. Story. Hall of Fame yeah. yeah, like oh, I'm gonna celebrate my coach here. Have some Jr's goats. tortilla soup. Uh, 
Jordan Bell's candle charm. Oh no, that's coming. That's coming. Jordan Bell's stay stay tuned. And then uh, the goat story, man. The NBA is a gift that keeps giving. Okay. This is where weird happened. Yeah. yeah. So is there is there anything else we want to throw up into the just discussing the West? Just one quick one. Um, that game between Denver and India. Uh, sorry, Denver and. Um, the OKC was a was a pretty big one as well, okay. uh, which just passed. Uh, where Denver won that game, but you know that that could have been a potential playoff matchup. Um, it still could be. The OKC might end up facing them, and uh, we see that Stephen Adams has a hard time against uh, Jokic. So just keep an eye on that matchup. That's interesting. It like. You know, Paul George, who is, like, quite up there, as you always say, in deflections and against a, a passing wizard like Jokic. That'll right. Be fun. That'll be fun. Exactly. It's going to be a good, good Is series. that the only matchup you're looking forward to, or are there other things that you're keeping an eye for? Um, With that specific team or just overall? No, just West standings in general. Yeah, I was, like, particularly keeping an eye on those two teams and uh, just watching those two teams play against each other. I was, you know, really trying to analyze what type of matchups will work, what won't work, and things like that, and... Uh, yeah, one of my findings was Steven Adams is just... I'm not sure if he's cut out to, to guard Jokic. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Steven Adams has not been the same this year that he was in those previous years when, you know, he's probably the hardest uh, screen setter in the league, and he does a lot of good things for OKC that they need desperately now. Yeah. And I don't think he's been the same this year. So we have to keep an eye out on how he will react to Capella in... And, you know, all those, like, I guess, gigantic teams out in the West because OKC is a team built for the playoffs, right? And we we expected them to do well all year round. And they've kind of, like, taken a back seat, but I think they'll bounce back when everyone's healthy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Stephen Allen hasn't really been fully healthy this year either. So they need Roberson back, which is not going to happen this year again. So this team is not fully there yet. Uh, Can you rely on Westbrook in the playoffs? I don't know. That's a big, big question mark. What do you think about Westbrook's chances in the playoffs this year? You think he uh, can play the same role he's been playing all year, which is like a Robin to Paul George's Batman? I think he should. If they, if that that should be their blueprint, but I don't know if he will. Because this is the KD, like KD Westbrook situation, and KD's been replaced by Paul George. Yeah, and and Paul George is more willing to be in that in that tandem than KD was. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's it's questionable. Not that I don't think Westbrook is like I don't think Westbrook is the type of player to default to himself if things go south. But it, it'll be interesting to see because this is the real this is the real year for them to try out this duo, right? Because last year we sort of gave them a bye, right? That's true. Because it was like, yeah, Mello was there and things were kind of silly, and you know, then the questions were about whether or not. Paul George wanted to stay, but now now it is, again, like you're saying, it is going to be the real test for them. So let's touch on San Antonio a little bit because we haven't talked about them a lot. They are the seventh seed, tied with OKC. They're going to be uh, matched up with Warriors as it stands to this today. Mm-hmm. So how do we like San Antonio's chances? Because they're 7-3 and three in the last 10 games, and they are 30-8 and eight at home which is a very, very good record. Yeah. They're not good on the road. So how does this team phase up against some somebody like the Warriors? Can they maybe steal two games? I think so. But also the the like the thing of them being weak on the road, I feel like is has been it has actually been trending away from that in the because they've gone seven and 
you said seven and three in the in last, the last 10? ten. Yeah, like the and and against substantial teams, right? So if you look at their record, um, it kind of buries how uh, not tough, but how determined they've been to stay in these games, which is kind of something, especially against a team like Golden State. You know, and this isn't an X's and O's analysis, but like really, Golden State is a team that will go on runs that you don't even that will come out of nowhere, right? And to just be a a professional team might be the the blueprint, right? Yeah, because when when the season started, San Antonio wasn't a good uh, defensive team, and we were saying how many liabilities they have. Uh, not having DeJounte Murray on the court yeah. because he was such a pivotal part in their defensive strategy. It was quite the loss for them. But now they've kind of made up for it, and they're playing team defense better than a lot of people expected. So they have righted the ship in that department. Do you think that's going to pose an issue for playoff teams if they're matched up against them? Because San Antonio plays a good system defense. Yeah. I would say I would say yes because it, it, it acts... Team defense acts as a foundation for game planning, right? And and this is a thing um, that everyone talks about, and I, I feel bad reiterating, but it's important to note. Um, you can completely shut out options in the playoffs, right? And it's been trending. It's been trending for Draymond all season that people have just been leaving him out there, right? And if that's something that you can do to sort of just take him away out of his... Um, you just take that threat away. It prevents him from initiating the offense a, a, a lot more than you would think. So maybe that is a, an answer they could do uh, provide. Yeah, and they can also take out Boogie in some way because I don't feel like Boogie's completely fit in with this team as as people expected him On to. Both ends of the yeah. The, the way you can take him out is just put him in pick and roll situations so that he can't handle against faster players or against guys that can pick and pop. Like LaMarcus Aldridge. Like Aldridge. Yeah. Or... He's been better at passing out of the post. He's a good passer, so maybe that incorporates itself in the playoffs and that you see that a lot more because Draymond used to be the guy that used to pass out of that post. Spot, yeah. But maybe DeMarcus can replace him. Yeah, passing bigs are clearly the the way to go right now. I believe with the the Raptors, since the Raptors' acquisition of, of uh, Marcus Gasol, uh, they have the, the league-leading offensive rating and defense rating. Oh, that's... So that's a good stat. Of 117.4 yeah. and 103.4. So. Um, so when we look at this particular matchup, I don't think San Antonio is scared of anybody. But obviously the Warriors are the biggest animal in the league. Yeah. Uh, but if, if Popovich can plan against uh, anybody, we've seen it before, that he's done a good job with planning against the Warriors and cutting out whatever system they run, which is not a lot of pick and roll. So... Uh, like when Kawhi Leonard went down in one of those playoff yeah. series, yeah. we yeah. all thought that you know maybe San Antonio has their number. They were and up that twenty-five was, at that exactly, point. Exactly, the yeah. Popovich had them pegged. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe we can see a repeat of that this year because they have solid pieces in Lamarcus and, and DeRozan. I'm doubtful that they can topple the Warriors. Like I know that's every GM's. You know Daryl Morey famously saying like. I'm I'm only here to think about you know beating the Warriors. I don't know how anyone else can not right, right. be thinking that. Yeah. Um, I don't see them toppling them, but I do think it is a it is a matchup that people should notice and not write off completely. Like, like there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the first round that may be a sweep or that may be just like a you know doing you know crossing the crossing the t's and dotting the i's. But I think this will be a series. But see, that's what I'm saying because in the West this year, 
even the first round matchups don't really seem like first round matchups. It's not going to be one of those like, hey, Golden State's going to have an easy time overcoming this team. Yeah. Because maybe they're more vulnerable. We always say that every year. Yeah. Uh, they have had adversity uh, every year, it seems like. But this year, it seems more magnified. Yeah. So And doesn't seem fabricated. Exactly. No matter what Kevin Durant would, would have you believe. At the same time, if the Warriors have a tough matchup in the first round, that makes their road to the finals a lot harder. They're going to they're gonna have to work a lot harder. So maybe they're tired by the end of it. I don't know. This question can come up later on in the second or third round. Maybe if somebody gets nicked on the Warriors roster, that leaves the door open a little bit for Houston or maybe even Denver. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's what I love about this year's standings is that it's so up in the air. So I'm looking forward to these first-round matchups. In the previous years, I was snoozing sometimes when Atlanta would play Miami. you know. But this year, I think in the West especially, I'm going to be locked in. Great. So I think we're going to just uh, close it off before we uh, end the podcast today with our updated version of What's Weird. Uh, this is where uh, two of us will pick uh, a situation in the NBA that's happened this week and sort of debate uh, whether or not it is weirder than the other because the league is very bizarre sometimes. So the two events that we have this year, and I don't know who wants to take them, uh, Jordan Bell of the Golden State Warriors was fined approximately $10,000 for a... Yeah, so he actually got suspended um, for conduct detrimental to the team, which uh, later was uh, uncovered that uh, he charged a $15 candle to Mike Brown's hotel room in an uh, attempt at some kind of team joke that the, the, the guys were playing. Um, it turns out that, you know, Mike Brown's not the guy to joke with. And and this 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 ended up costing him $9,505 and a suspension for a game. So, pretty he bad. He charged Mike Brown's credit card? He charged his room, which is essentially charged his credit card. So, is uh, Mr. Cass' considerations now Mr. Credit Card Considerations? Basically. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> he, turned, he turned that CC into a CC. <laughs> There you go. Uh, and the the other situation is, um, this was, I found out about this situation through an article written by uh, Ben McMiniman on ESPN. If you guys want to read it, go ahead and read it. I don't advertise for them. Um, it was Jerry West laughing at a dinner with other Clippers front office personnel regarding the fact that the LA Lakers straight up offered Zubac in that trade in in the sort of trade that he wasn't even thinking about. Uh, so, like, that I think is going to be one of those trades where we look back and go, what was everyone thinking? I believe the cap space saved by that move was like 1.6 million or something like that? Uh, maybe 0.6 million. I don't know. I feel like the fact that I know now that it wasn't initiated by the Clippers makes it me like magic even less and it's hard to not like magic because he's such an awesome personality yeah but i feel like in this particular job maybe he's not well suited maybe this is a small sample size we can write this year off but next year lebron's gonna be older and you're gonna have to put it together another roster even though javel mcgee and rondo said they want to come back oh yeah they for sure want to come back because i mean why else why else would they would would they want to play with lebron right uh I just feel like this story is weirder because they didn't need to trade for for Mike Pascala. Like, 
you know, like they went out of their way to call to give up Zubac. Yeah. An asset, clearly, for Mike Muscala and some. You money. mean Mike Muscala isn't an elite stretch five, stretch five <laughs> that, that yeah. was going to put the Lakers over the top and into the playoffs? Potentially right. to the finals. We can shit on the Lakers all you want. That's but... ten straight finals appearances. <laughs> oh is, is, that's what Mike Muscala was. <laughs> he was the difference between okay. that. <laughs> all right, uh, Elton Elton Brand did not agree with you. Uh, <laughs> I I think neither uh, do the basketball gods. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna make the call on on this one and agree with agree with Wahaj here saying that the the Zubach the Zubach trade and everything around it is definitely weirder than the $15 candle, just because from what I've been reading, this has been an ongoing thing of Jordan Bell since... Yeah, he's habitual. Yeah. What what are you doing? Oh, by the way, we didn't mention this detail. Apparently, his teammates had been pulling this prank on him that they were charging him. Oh, so it was like the rookie, rookie, yeah, you know, carry carry the bags, fill your car with foam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't get the rookie hazing part, and he just took it to the next level and tried to get people back, but he messed with the wrong guy, as Kevin said before. But when it comes down to the Jerry West story, it it ties into what Doc Rivers' video that surfaced that was uh, calling out all the naysayers, ESPN, Charles Barkley. Oh, this is the champagne? Champagne in the locker room when uh, they officially made the playoffs. So I feel like Jerry West and Doc Doc Rivers have had a lot of laughs behind closed doors, and this is not this is not news anymore. Yeah, I believe what was the the record since the Zoo botched trade? Um, <laughs> seventeen and four, eighteen and four, something like it was, that. It was oh my four God. and seventeen, and then seventeen and four in the other direction. So <sighs> he's good luck. That's crazy to me, but yeah. All right, that's it for this week's edition of Back to Basket Podcast. Feel free to find us wherever you get your podcasts, be it the uh, iTunes, Google Pods, or Spotify. Please get us that blue check mark. Feel free to uh, send us questions. We love questions. Uh, anywhere where you engage in social media, you'll find all of our info in the show notes. Again, feel free to like and subscribe and tell your friends. And remember, we may have our backs to the basket, but we'll never turn our backs on our fans. Bye! Bye!